Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why Midway USA offers super fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to How To Tuesday this week. I put out on Instagram that we were going to do a bunch of these How To Tuesdays, and I asked you guys what you wanted to see. Seabass11 came up with a pretty good question, and I thought um, we could answer it here. It required me to come up with some notes, so I am going to be reading some notes because this is an important question. And the question was, how do you skip a paddle-tailed jig on a jig head under the mangroves? And that's a really important thing to know how to do because obviously fish live places where they can ambush prey, where they can be away from predators themselves and live in security. Also in the shade, that's a really important thing. So places where they can get under things are good places to catch fish. And you can often get um, some really good fish out of, you know, under a dock, under the mangrove specifically. And, um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. How we would take something like this lure, a paddle tail jig, or even better, one that's rigged weedless, and skip this under the bushes so that you can take advantage of what's there. So the first thing we're going to do before we even talk about the technique is we're going to talk about the gear, how to select the right gear, because you can be really, really good at this and use a rod that is not particularly suited for this type of technique and not be very good at it. And then you can pick up another rod and be able to skip it right under there like you can't believe. Another thing to think about is which bait you're trying to put under the bushes. So one bait may skip really, really well and another may not skip very well at all. So let's talk about that first, the bait. You're looking for something that is basically all one piece. So a jig and a paddle tail is a good choice. A head hooked soft plastic is a good choice as long as the weight's not up the line. If the weight is up the line, this thing is going to want a helicopter and it's not going to skip under the bushes very well. If you have something else like a blade coming off of this, it's going to want to tumble as it goes into the water or, or you're trying to skip it along the water. So spinner baits aren't the best choice, but something that's all one piece like this you can get a good trajectory and skip it right under the bushes. So um, these are definitely good choices. You want it to be heavy enough to cast, but not too heavy, because if it's too heavy, it's like trying to skip a rock that's too heavy. And all of this goes into how you skip a rock. If you understand the concept behind skipping a rock, you can understand the concept behind skipping a lure. 
Obviously, if you're using something that has a blade coming off of it, it's going to want to catch in the water. Just like if you had a rock that wasn't perfectly smooth, it had a little edge on it or, a, or kind of a hook in it, it might start tumbling across the water. So that might not be the best choice. So you want to pick a good bait first. And you're going to want to experiment with this because for your casting style or whatever, one may skip a lot better than others. So that's kind of what we're looking for. Weedless is absolutely the best if you can if you can do that. Not all baits can be rigged weedless. So secondly, we're going to want to choose the tool that you're going to use to throw this thing under there. Now, the rod choice is really, really important for me. I'm not the tallest person in the world, but even my, my friends that are super tall, they feel kind of the same way about this. I want a rod that I can throw an underhand kind of stroke towards the mangroves, even if it's just a little, some people do it with a little hook, little hook like that. Some people do it with more of a big swing. Either way, if the rod's too long, you're going to have to go out to the side so you don't hit the water. So I like a seven foot rod. That is really important to me. Seven and a half feet, I can still do it. An eight foot rod, I can still do it, but not as well as I can with a seven foot rod. And the reason is that I'm going to be able to throw the rod and I'm going to release the lure very close to the water and at a trajectory right towards my target. If I have too long of a rod, I'm going to have to swing out and that's not going to be as effective. So I want a rod also that is going to be seven feet long and I'm going to choose either a six to 12 pound medium action or an eight to 17 pound medium action. And a lot of that depends on what fish we're trying to catch. If you're trying to get a big snook under the bushes, you're going to need a heavier rod, but you're only going to be able to pitch it under the bushes with a rod that has a flexible tip and is going to be able to allow you to flip that thing so that you're going to get enough line speed to go under the water. If you have no flex in the rod and it's just a big, you know, pool cue, you're not going to be able to get it, or at least I can't get it to go fast enough to where it's going to skip across the top of the water. So those are the two rods I like seven foot. That's what I like. I mean, you could probably do it even better with a six and a half foot. I don't own a six and a half foot rod, but a seven foot rod, that is what I really like. Let's talk about the reel. The reel is super important because no matter what fish you're fishing for, that reel has to be light and something that you can handle really easily because you're doing some pretty athletic movements with this with this rod, and it requires that you you cast really hard. So if you have a reel that's too big, too heavy, it's going to impede the casting motion. So I want a small, compact uh, reel. And when we're talking about reels in Florida and the type of fishing that that I'm talking about today, we're typically doing this with a spinning rod. The pro bass fishermen are really, really, really good at doing it with a bait caster. If you can do it with a bait caster, awesome. Do it all day. You can probably do it better than you can with a spinning rod. But for the purposes of this tip, let's talk about how to do it with a spinning rod. So going back to the reel, I want something that's small, light, and compact that has a good enough drag and line capacity for me to land one of these big fish. Line capacity is not going to be a big issue because typically you're going to throw in there, you're going to have to set the hook uh, because you're throwing back into where the fish lives. You're going to get a bite very, very quickly. And it's going to be more of a, a tug of war to get the thing out of there than 
like if you catch a tarpon out on the open flats where the thing's going to take off or a permit or a bonefish and they take off for a long way. This is going to be close quarters combat. So you want a reel that's light um, and strong. And for that reason, I like the Daiwa Certate 4000. I'll also use a BG or like a Saltist. Any of those are, are great. And then what I'm going to do is let's talk about line now. The line is super important too. Because as we've talked about before, the way that you're going to skip the, the lure under the mangroves is through lure speed. You have to get that lure moving fast enough, just like if you just barely throw a rock, it's going to skip one time and go right in the water. If you want to really skip a rock, you've got to really throw that rock really hard and at the right trajectory, and it's going to start skipping across the surface. That's the same thing with a lure. You have to have line speed, lure speed, so that you have enough that the lure will skip across the surface. So you actually have to cast this thing pretty hard. And um, the line, this is a big advantage. Braid. Braided line, 10 to 20 pound uh, Daiwa J braid is my choice. This helps significantly. It has less resistance. So when you make, when you wind up and throw that lure, it is pulling less resistance behind it because the braid is lighter, thinner, and it allows that lure to go out there much, much faster than with comparable mono monofilament. So that is a big, big deal. I'm 100% braid. I don't use monofilament anymore at all, especially for this type of fishing. If I want to skip it under the bushes. You're going to be able to do it way, way better with braid. So that's another big, big uh, tip here. The leader, this is also very, very important. For me, I don't want the leader coming inside the rod tip at all under any circumstances before I'm going to cast. I want there to be about an inch to two inches of overhang between the tip top guide and the knot, whatever knot, doesn't matter what, what knot you're tying between the fluorocarbon and the braid. And then I'm going to have whatever I'm comfortable with. For some anglers, it may be a little more. For some anglers, it may be a little less. But for me, it's going to be about 14 to 15 inches of fluorocarbon, not long, like, like this much. And that's going to be just enough for me to wind up and throw it. And if it's, it's too short, I don't know if it can be too short. What you're doing is you're throwing in there where the fish live. They're not going to have a lot of time to look at it. You're going to get a bite or you're not. Uh, it's probably not going to be a, a leader refusal. So shorter is probably better than longer because if that knot, whatever knot you pick, say that's a double uni knot, or you, you can tie a knot like an FG knot, which is really super smooth. It only takes the smallest amount of, of, uh, of, of that knot hitting one of the guides to throw that lure off of your intended trajectory, right? So if it hits that, it can move that lure one way or another. And what would have been a perfect cast now you're in the bushes. That's not what you want. So I like to keep that knot completely out. Some people might be able to do it by bringing the knot in and out. Not me. I want the knot completely out. So short leader and make sure that there's enough overhang to where that's never getting in there. So um, then baits to avoid. We've already talked about this just a little bit, but spinner baits typically are not good. If you want to get a bladed bait back into the bushes, you want to use a chatter bait one where the, the blade is attached right to the jig, right? So there's no helicoptering. There's no, there, this thing is all kind of one piece like we talked about in the very beginning. 
Uh, you want to avoid line uh, weight up the line because of that same reason. And you will start um, finding places where maybe it's pretty deep under the mangroves, but you want to get it way back in there. So you want to use a heavier and heavier and heavier jig. Eventually, you'll start to get a jig where, for whatever reason, you're not able to cast it as well. And that's where you kind of want to stop. You're just going to have to let it sink a little bit longer uh, if you want to skip it way back in there. So those are the baits to avoid. So now, now we've got the basic setup. And I wanted to go over that first because even if you are awesome and you're using the wrong rod and reel, the wrong bait, you're not going to be able to skip it very well. And that is the case with a lot of people. They've just never had the right rod in their hand to even to even try this. So what we want to do is we want to get that right rod in your hand. And now it's time to practice. And the best place to practice isn't necessarily on the boat right in front of the mangroves. The best place to practice, if you had just an ideal situation, you got a little lake or a swimming pool even would be fine, but you want to get a place to where you have slight elevation, like you're going to be on the boat, right? So if you're standing right on the ground level or right at water level, you're, it's going to be hard to make this underhanded cast that you're going to be able to do when you're on the boat. So you want to replicate that as much as you can. If you need to step on a cooler or step on something to, to get a little elevation off of a, a low dock or something that's right at water level or even the bank, do that and then kind of get in a situation like you're going to be on the boat. Then you can practice this underhanded cast. And you also want the conditions to be such that it, it's ideal for skipping. And ideal for skipping is obviously flat. The, if you have big waves and even, even a good chop, that makes it hard. The, the bait wants to jump up into the mangroves. So it's best if it's calm for your practice. And you can get better and better at this, and you can figure out how to get uh, overcome those bad situations. But at first, you want to practice under ideal situations. So go out there and practice with your right rod, standing up on a little bit of elevation, and start practicing skipping. And what you're going to do is just start slow and throw an underhanded cast to where you're going to deliver that bait, you're going to release the bait um, so that it doesn't arc like this, but it's going to be a low, straight driving trajectory right at the target. And you're going to start to understand and see how far from your intended target you want that first skip to be. A lot of great anglers are going to be able to skip it maybe six or seven times before it's going to find meet its resting place. Every time it hits the water, it slows down. So as it continues to hit the water, it's going to slow down more and more and more until it loses momentum and it's just going to fall. Um, that's good because hopefully you're never going to have it more than this high off the, the water, you know, and some of the, the pro bass fishermen that do this, it's really remarkable to watch. They keep this thing about a half an inch over the water, skips right under the dock, way back in there, skipping it under all kinds of things. We can do the same thing with a spinning rod and these type of lures for snook and redfish and all the fish that live under, under the bushes. Um, so that's what you want to do. Continue to practice and get to where you, you kind of have a target out there, whether that's a hula hoop or you put something out in the water or you just kind of eyeball it. You want to get to where you know where, how close you need to start that skip and um, you'll, you'll get better and better and better at it. And that's kind of the thing is you're not going to go out there on the first time 
and just start skipping this thing. Great. You got to practice. You got to practice a lot. Now, once you've practiced and you've gotten kind of familiar with um, how to how to skip one of these lures and you've found some lures that really skip well for you, now it's time to go fishing. And the way that you want to start this kind of process is you get up against your mangro- mangrove shoreline, but don't get right into the perfect range for skipping. You want to kind of hang back a little bit. You want to you make a couple of casts so that you're going to skip near the mangroves. And then now you're kind of familiar with, oh, well, it wasn't quite this windy when I was, when I was practicing. This is a little bit different. I'm going to have to make a couple of adjustments. And then once you're comfortable with your setup, with your lure, with everything, then move into the bushes and make that cast so that now it's skipping under the bushes. And uh, that'll avoid your first cast just taking an errant bounce and ending up in the bush or, or whatever. It happens all the time. And the thing to remember about this type of fishing is if you're trying to skip it under the mangroves, you're going to get caught in the mangroves. I mean, it's going to happen. So that's part of this type of fishing. And if you're not getting caught in the mangroves, then you're probably not getting it, you know, close enough to the mangroves. You're probably not trying hard enough to get it in there. So expect that you're going to get it in the bushes. You're going to have to go over there and get it out or break it off or whatever you're going to do. Um, That's part of this type of fishing. So don't let that get you too frustrated. You just want to try to avoid it on the first try, you know, try to, Try to get used to it and then kind of ease your way up in there. So um, <clears throat> the things to think about, again, are, are this line speed. The line speed is so incredible. If it's too slow, it's not going to skip. You can't throw it too fast, I don't think. But you have to develop this confidence in this, in this stroke and this technique to be able to skip it under the bushes. So one more, one more thing that you want to think about, too, and this is a little bit more advanced type of technique. As you're skipping this under the bushes, there are obviously going to be times where you cast a little harder than you thought, or it gets just the perfect skip, and it's really skipping under there, and you can see that you're about to get caught. You can take your index finger, and you just put it on the spool. And this takes some, this takes some practice too. You just put it on the spool, and you just feather that line. You just barely touch the spool so that you're slowing down the line just barely until you push it and stop. So that's a little more advanced, but you want to be doing that when you're practicing. Cast with two hands, so you're pushing and pulling with a rod, and then you're using your index finger to feather the line. That's with a spinning rod. That is super, super important. So um, yeah, I think that's it for, uh, for how to skip under the bushes. It takes a lot of practice, but I think that you can shortcut the process to being really good at this by simply getting the right rod, reel, line, leader, and bait right away. And then practice, 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 man. You can't practice too much. Sooner or later, you'll be able to skip it way under there. And the reward is that one day you're going to skip it under there and think, man, I can't believe I made that cast. And you know what? You're going to throw it right into the lair of the massive snook. And he's going to bite. That's what it's all about. So that's how to skip a lure under the bush. I really appreciate the question. That was a really good one. I hope I answered it as well as I can sitting at a table. One day we'll do a video of this uh, outside. But when I, uh, we're still doing How To Tuesdays. So that spot is on my story right now. You can go to Instagram, Tom underscore Roland, R-O-W-L-A-N-D. 
you can put your question in there. Maybe we'll get to it this afternoon. All right, that's How To Tuesday for this week. If you like this one, share it with somebody you like. Go give us a rating and review on iTunes. That would be awesome. And I'll see you guys next week.